You're listening to The Threshing Floor with Pastor Jeb Dotson. Join us today as we tackle hard topics, current and future events, as well as tough questions about the Bible from our live listening audience. The studio lines are now open. You can text your questions to 936-337-1413. Our hope and prayer is that through this program, you continue to ask questions and seek God's truth so you may be equipped to stand firm in your faith and grow closer in your relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, here is your host, Pastor Jeb Dotson. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the threshing floor. Today we are celebrating, and I'm going to tell you why. There was a ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal, and it had air all the ships backed up. So they worked for days and days to free this. So now it's free. (laughs) Now, you know, it's. Why is that news relevant to anything? I just had a thought in the spirit that sometimes we get spiritually stuck. Mm, And all these people around us, they're trying to wave us in all these directions. And sometimes we just don't listen. I felt like that was like the captain. You know, when you're the captain of the ship's like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm the captain. I will get my ship unstuck. Right, (laughs) right. It wasn't happening. So there were so many countries and people that were going to, and this, this ship is huge. It's like the size of the Statue of Liberty. And it took a, a large uh, effort, many people. And so sometimes in our lives, we get ourselves in a bind like mm. this ship did. We kind of get sideways in the spirit and then we get stuck and we can't go any further. And we're not a blessing to others around us, Tim. We're, right. We become a burden. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. you know, just... As we're approaching Easter, here we're going to have Good Friday coming up, and then we're going to have Easter, and it is a celebration. It is always a great time to get re-centered in Christ, because this is like a big picture moment of what Christ did for us in our lives, and how are we, as believers, how are, are, are we taking that information, how are we living our lives for Him are we spiritually stuck? So, you know, let's let's get ourselves focused and angled to the right direction. So we're going to the direction where God wants us to go, not against the flow, against the direction. And all these people, let's pretend those are people that we need to be reaching for Christ. And they're all log jammed out there, you right, know, all right. these ships out in the channel, and they want to come through. There are people or there are situations, there are... Um, avenues that God has for us, preordained for us to walk in, and we just have to line up with God and his will and his word. Yeah. Well, and so I, that's that's the short word of the day. Well, I think, um, you know, it says you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, right? And so many times we think that, okay, that's your problem. You know, you're stuck sideways, you're messed up. Oh, well, that, that's your problem. But what you don't realize is if they're stuck in that channel that and your blessing is on the other side. Well, 
now you're stuck because you can't get through and your your blessing is being held up by that and what god's saying is well i want you guys to come together work together to get through and then you both will receive the blessings and i think that's what we really got to focus on you know in this time is get out of that selfish mode sure and or the or the the funny mode you know it's like i get so i, I don't know i'm one of my one of my addictions is watching the 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 fails on Facebook. You know when they're sure. falling and they're fail army, yeah, love it exactly. Yeah. And they're and they're you just watch these people just completely going, oh that hurts. And oh, it's, it's, it's let's worse. watch another one. Yeah, oh, let's exactly. watch another one. <laughs> but you get very selfish at that. It's like you wouldn't. You know, you're not going over there and picking them up. You're not helping them. You know, if when you see something like that happen in real life, you know your first reaction is just to to kind of react and like ooh, but not go and help. And and I have to really check myself now and say no, right. you know, I need to get involved and not just be in the stadium going woohoo, you know, you messed up. <laughs> and you know that whole incident with the ship stuck in the Suez Canal, it was costing billions of dollars per day. So the cost of toilet paper is going up, people. I mean, yes. they had they had goods, they had vehicles. There are so much that go through the Suez Canal. And so it costs a lot of product that was just standing still. And just let that just simmer in there. If if the Holy Spirit speaking to you, it's like, hey, I want to not be a burden to others around me. I want to be a blessing. I want to be just about my father's business, just like Jesus was. And so that leads us into what we're talking about today. As we're approaching this Friday, which we call Good Friday, which as a new believer, it's you you learn the story and it's like, what was good about this day? <laughs> I right. mean, Jesus yeah. was tortured. Yeah, he is, was crucified. On the cross. What's up yeah, with that? it's like, why is this good? And there's so many different directions we could go with this. But on that day, as they were torturing Jesus, they placed this crown of thorns upon his head. And that's where I want to focus on today. I'm going to be in John chapter 19 and actually read um, where the, the soldiers who are torturing him, where they place a crown on his head. And what I want to do, I just want to look at that. Is there something significant about the crown? Right. Because I started doing a study throughout the New Testament. There's several places in Scripture, and we're going to look at them, that talks about uh, different crowns. And there's five different places that we can look at that is, as Jesus had a crown of thorns upon his head, we are working towards crowns of reward, and it says that, and Paul talks about it uh, again in Peter and uh, James, that there is there is a crown. So here's the whole thought of it. Jesus suffered. He was tortured. He wore a crown of thorns for us so that we could have the ability to live for him. And our crown will not be a crown of thorns. Our crown will be a, a crown of life, of righteousness. And, and so that's, that's what we're looking at today. So let me start out with the scripture. John 19, one through three says, then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again saying, hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him in the face. Mm. I mean, that's torture. Yeah. There are so many points of torture that Jesus goes through, but this point, uh, 
where people are just beating him oh, yeah. and mocking him. I, to, it's almost the worst because you've got people in your face and knowing as powerful as Jesus, he had it within him to speak a word and they would be blown out against the wall, dead. Right. Um, you know, he had immense power. Think about this. The power of creation was flowing through his veins. He didn't have to go through that. Right. I mean, he, he was able to rebuke a fig tree and it just withered right exactly. in front of him. Exactly. So it's like he could he can do whatever he wanted to do, but he allowed it to happen. And the the interesting thing that jumps out on me is that just in these this first sentence, it says, then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. Well, you can like glaze over that That's real right. quickly if you don't know what flogged means. And it was 40 lashes uh, with this amazing, like it, it was a cat and nine tails that had like pieces of bone and glass, glass. in the back of this whip. and Designed to flay the flesh. Yeah, to tear no. the flesh off of your back. And and it just says right here, oh, you know, Pilate had, Pilot him, had him flogged. flogged. That's it, a great point. You know, and, and it's like, you can, until you take the time to do the research and see what these things are and put yourself back in that situation, you lose the gravity of the emotion that is in that moment. And that's what I love about reading scripture is to put myself in that moment so that I'm feeling the the heaviness of the situation or the joy of the situation, depending on where the writer is. And this really makes me, my heart just cry out to say, you know, Lord, thank you so much for taking that beating. Thank you so much for, for doing that for me so that I didn't have to go through that. And, you know, I can't even compare that to like when my dad would take his belt out and spank me. You know, as a little kid, you, no, you there's think, no comparison. You think, oh, that's the end of the world. But there's no comparison to what he went through um, and that, that beating unto the point where he was almost to death. And the interesting thing is most prisoners couldn't survive the 40 lashes. They would just, you know, be be completely dead. So he was able to survive that and then have to go to the cross and carry his cross. Because they couldn't take his spirit. He, they, they couldn't take his life. Jesus had to give up his life willingly. And that's, that's a great point. Most people could not survive that. So he was tortured and he was enduring this crown of suffering so that we could one day receive a crown of reward. And it, it's all about access. We now have the access into the kingdom, and he already went through everything so we wouldn't have to. Right. So it, it kind of, again, looking back at this, there's really nothing that can happen negative in our world that would ever compare to what Jesus went through. Right. So it, the lowest point in my life, um, loved ones, they, they pass away or I become jobless or if I become even homeless and I'm hungry, it's nothing compared to what Jesus went through. Right. So he, he poured himself as a drink offering. That's something that's like uh, Old Testament terminology. They would pour out a drink offering unto the Lord and it would just kind of go everywhere on the altar. Um, it was... Just the idea that Jesus gave it all, every drop of himself, every drop of blood, and he didn't hold anything back. 
Yeah, and he also didn't do it for his, to just show off and say, oh, look how bad this is for me or, or any of that. He did it so that he would be a God that wasn't this God that was so far away, but he was this God that was right beside you and that he has shown that he had gone through everything possible on this earth, good and bad, that he went through it first so that now we can say, Lord, I'm afraid to go into this next thing, but I know you've gone through this before. You've done it, so I need to follow you, and you need to take me through it. And we just needed to have that as our our beacon to say, this is, I'm going to follow you. Follow you and not the world. That is that is the goal. Let me give you this text number and our address. If you have any questions or thoughts or you're tuning in, we would just love to hear from you. You can text this number, 936-337-1413. If you have a letter that you would like to drop in the mail to us, make it out to the threshing floor, P.O. Box 387, Crockett, Texas, 75835. So we're looking at this crown and what it means. And let me just say there are there are five main crowns. And this isn't theology I'm talking about. This is as they're describing them throughout. And we're going to read the scripture. It just looks like that there's something that we're working towards. And here, here's the crowns. Is we see the crown of life mentioned in James chapter 1. We're going to talk about that. You have the incorruptible crown. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, you have the crown of rejoicing, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And then you have the crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And the fifth crown is 1 Peter chapter 5. talks about the crown of glory. So, uh, I don't think these are actual crowns that they're going to be labeled when we get in heaven, but this is some a really great study. I'd say this is this is as those who are writing and pinning the scripture, led by the Holy Spirit, as they were writing this down, they are mentioning these crowns. And I wonder, as they were writing, pinning the words, if they are thinking back to that crown that Jesus wore. And just as I said, Jesus wore the crown of thorns and gave us access so that we could have this crown of life, this crown of glory, this we could do great things because of what he suffered. And that's like the whole point. It really began to speak to me as I was just getting into this study. So let's get into it. I'm going to read this first passage of scripture, this first crown in James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Mm. So this is James. James being, um, as most people who study theology, it looks James is the brother of Jesus. And and he wrote that that for those, for the crown of life, it's for those who devote themselves to Jesus. It's for those who love God so much, devote themselves to to him in every area of our lives. It's not just a ho-hum, yeah, I'm a Christian. Right. I, I, I'm a believer. Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus and stuff. Right. You know? right. So, and it's not really like that. It's This is a, a deep, yes, I love him. Sold out for Christ. Sold out 100% for God. And so we have to be devoted to God. It's a type of love that 
it loves the Lord more than we love our own lives. And, and that's what we see here. The scripture says to love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, and all your strength. So it's a type of love that we would willingly take up our cross and follow him. And so just tune in, stay right there. We're going to take a break and we will be right back after this message. You're listening to The Threshing Floor. The studio lines are now open. You can text your questions to 936-337-1413. Cutshaw Chevrolet in Grapeland is keeping it simple with some very simple interest. It doesn't get any simpler than 0% financing, and that is exactly what Cutshaw Chevrolet in Grapeland is offering on many of our new 2021 Chevys, including the best-selling 2021 Chevrolet 1500 Silverado Crew Cab. Looking for two-wheel or four-wheel drive? Cutshaw Chevrolet in Grapeland has a great selection to choose from, with new shipments arriving daily. Great selection and 0% financing with approved credit through GM Financial. That's keeping it simple. Visit us at www.cutshawchevrolet.com or call 1-800-CUTSHAW. Cutshaw Chevrolet, keeping it simple every day. Feel the joy. You're listening to The Threshing Floor. Now, here is your host, Pastor Jeb Dotson. Well, welcome back. Hopefully you didn't run off anywhere, wherever you are, whether you're driving in your car or you're sitting at work waiting to punch the clock and get out. Uh, we are glad that you have tuned in with us. We're talking about that crown of thorns that Jesus wore, that crown of suffering, and that he placed, he had this crown upon him. He received it willingly so that we could have a reward. So it's rewards out of thorns. And the first crown we see is uh, mentioned as the crown of life in James chapter 1 and verse 12. And it's for those who truly devote themselves to Jesus. Here's something. You know, for those of you who are married, when you start dating, you begin to put aside things that would keep you from that person, meaning you will change your schedule. Right. You will change um, your life uh, because you want to do everything you can so you can spend more time with them. Their love for you and your love for them it compels you to do this. Right. And that's that's a great word. See, if I was sick and I needed a kidney, I know that my wife would be the first to get herself tested to see if hers is a fit. Right. Because that's, you know, her love compels her to do that. And, and my love compels me to act right and not mess up in any way because I don't, I don't want to ruin that. 2 Corinthians 5.14 talks about this. It said, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, and those who live shall no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So everything changed when we came to the realization that Jesus, all this suffering, all this torture that we described, it was for us. Right. That is a deep devotion of love. So much beyond anything I could ever imagine. And he did that on an individual basis. See, he was fully God and fully man. So I believe that he had Tim Lowry on his mind. I think I believe he had Jeb Dotson on 
his mind individually. Yeah, he was a, thinking. You know, it's hard for us to fathom because we have such small brains. But when think about this, that when he said it was finished on the cross, it was that the work that he did. It was finished. That he conquered sin and death. We were restored, not just for people in that moment or people before he was on the earth. It was for everybody, for all eternity, that that was finished. And if he has, he knows every one of our names, not just, you know, it's kind of hard to think about that. It's like, okay, well, you know, the number of hairs on my head, but it's not just that. It's every person that's ever been, every person that ever will be, he already knows their name. He knows everything about them. He knows everything about you. And he was thinking of you when he was on that cross. And that's something that you can't get around. You need to accept that. And, and maybe you're thinking, oh, Christ didn't do that for me. Christ knew, a be- he knew your name while he was on the cross. He was saying, I do this for you. And if you ever had a doubt, I would invite you to do this. Call this a spiritual exercise. Get alone all by yourself. Quiet the world out around you, just you and God. Close your eyes and picture Jesus as you see him on the cross and just ask him, did you do this for me? I can guarantee you, it may not be an audible voice, but there will be an overwhelming feeling of, yes, I did it just for you. There's times where we we get so busy with the noise and we don't realize the depth of love. And so we, in return, we place our devotion back upon Jesus. So we need to be careful where our focus of love is. Our love for our family can be unbalanced if we focus even our family above Jesus. He must become above all. So our life, if it's focused on God and loving him, then our desire to look after our family, um, it becomes intensified. So the whole point is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, as God's word says, and then all these other things will be taken care of. So he must become first. Well, and also we're bought and paid for by his blood. So we aren't our own. Our, as we are new creatures in Christ, we're supposed to be serving him. And yet how many times do we try to serve ourselves and bring Christ along with it? Mm. It's something that um, I struggle with all the time. You know, I'll, I'll find myself going, Lord, I need, I need to do this. Come with me. Instead of going, Lord, where do you need me to be today? And that's, that's a big mind shift that you need to have. But if, when you realize, you know what? I am a servant of the living God. I get, I get to serve you. Lord, what do you want me to do today? How can I be a blessing to you? Then that's something that um, this joy starts coming back in your life. Instead of feeling like you're trying to create uh, needs or fulfill needs of your family or, or, or your work or any of that other stuff. God always has a way, if you put him first, everything else gets caught up. Everything else always gets into place. And, and the time that you spend with Christ, you always, he always makes that back up. And you haven't, yeah, I don't know how he does it. Always give a return. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the first crown, the crown of life. It's for those to devote themselves to Jesus and James chapter 1, verse 12. The next crown that we can arrive at in Scripture, 
we're going to find in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is what it says. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable, incorruptible crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul talks about the incorruptible crown. This is something that cannot be taken away. It cannot be tarnished. It's not going to crumble with time. And it speaks of discipline. So I'm going to say that the incorruptible crown is for those who live a or attempt to as much as we possibly can to live a disciplined life for Christ because Paul describes it as a race. And as we are training for this race, you know, it comes, it's a lot of discipline for, oh, yeah. for those who compete, any athlete, that you have to condition yourself. And he makes this, is this word picture of somebody just beating their arms and, and but they're doing nothing. He said, this right. is not how I do it. And I could imagine a preacher stand up, <laughs> you know, as he's describing this, he's making a fool of himself, like flailing, like, his, flailing arms. his arms and not doing anything. He said, no, that's not how I do it as one beating the air. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Well, you know, that's that's the key. I think uh, I hear a lot of pastors quote the the first part of this verse, you know, you know, I've... You, to, to run the race and obtain the prize and, and all of these things. But they forget what Paul says in verse 27. He says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. That's, that's a huge thing. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm controlling my body. You know, I'm saying, no, I'm saying you have to do this. And instead of just going, oh, well, whatever, whatever my body wants, you know, (laughs) life is good. I'll just, I'll just do that. Wouldn't that that be great? You know, and here's the reason why he says other, he says, when I have preached to others, uh, I myself should become disqualified. So he's saying, look, if I don't, if I don't, get my body in control, if I'm not constantly doing this, I could be disqualified because the, this body is is broken and I've got to take control over it. And God gives me the power inside with the Holy Spirit to almost be able to have like the, the controls behind the wheel and say, okay, no, we're going this way and, and have the power and the strength uh, to do that through the Holy Spirit. And there's something else here. It says, for everyone who competes, Imagine the person whose name is on the list to race, and yet he sits in the stand, mm, yeah. and he wants a crown at the end. This is It is for people who are competitors, not spectators. Mm, that's good. Our service to the Lord is not a spectator sport. You can't be on the sideline going, woohoo, we're doing a great job, and yet we're, you, know, you personally, you're not really living up to everything that God has for you in your life. Yeah, it's not a passive thing. That's right. You, you've got to be engaged in it. And the more that you get engaged in doing what God wants, the more that you're running that race, the the closer you're going to get to him and the, the more fuel you're going to get. It's a weird thing because in a regular race, when you're getting to the finish line, you're exhausted. You know, and you're just like, I can't, I can't go any further, further. 
But what I've noticed is when I'm going through tests or, or trials, the more that I press closer to God, the more energy I get, the more power I get to get through it. And that's the difference between running the race for the eternal crown mm-hmm. that's not going to go away versus trying to get it in your own strength and, and get something that's going to fade. And you know, I'm not a runner, but I a good friend of mine, he did run every day and he talked about what a runner would call a second wind. He said, when you reach the end of where your energy lies, he said, something kicks in and it's this whole fresh reserve. He says, it's almost addicting. He would run until he got to that point. He was emptied out and he felt that fresh energy. And as I said, I'm not a runner, yeah, so I, I don't think I've experienced that. I, nobody has chased me long enough, yeah. tried to kill me, and that's yeah. the only reason I, I generally would run. But you know, running's a healthy thing. But think of this in the spirit: when we reach our limit of ourselves, we have to know that there is a new tank of the spirit that God Himself is going to supply, and He's going to do that and enable us to keep running. Because we're running not for ourselves, but for him. Yeah, and Paul makes a great note of that when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A lot of people quote that verse, but they don't realize where he was when he wrote it. He was in prison. He Here he had gone from be, having anything he wanted, the, you know, the top, top, to being incarcerated in prison with nothing. And he was making the point that I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. And that's something that, like you said, Pastor, that's when that extra wind comes in. And when you feel like you can't continue, uh, God just goes, here you go. And it, and I'm so grateful that Paul was in that position because that's where he wrote so many of the books of the New Testament. And I don't think he would have had the time or the place to do it if God hadn't have been able to put him there and say, okay, I need you to do this. This is gonna, You're going to get into this lowest place. But out of that lowness is going to come this eternal blessing. It was a place where he could actually hear the Holy Spirit speak to him. And so there are times in our lives when maybe nothing's going on for a reason that we just need to be able to listen to the Lord and listen to his spirit. And that's that's an, an amazing point there that that the Holy Spirit began to speak to him in the lowest point in his life. And if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't have all this great material that the Holy Spirit wanted us to have in, in his word. Yeah. And, and we would, we would have missed out on the, the, the treasures that are, are interwoven throughout the new Testament. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm just grateful for that because, you know, think about all the people that are incarcerated right now. You know, there's a lot of things that they can do, but they have a lot of time on their hands to, to do what they need to do. So why not use that time to get quiet and hear the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit and get closer to him? Because, you know, some of the, the amazing letters that we're getting from the prisons, you guys have you know, all these other distractions of the world, they kind of fade away. I mean, you do have things that you think about and your mind can, can race, but the, the, just the joy that we hear of you guys and your walk in Christ in prison is very inspiring. You guys inspire us and we're just grateful that we get to be a part of your day. And 
it's something for us that aren't in prison. We need to take that time. We need to set aside that time yes. and say, let me just focus in on the Holy Spirit and on my relationship with God. So as we're looking at these crowns, we have the crown of life. We talked about the incorruptible crown. And the third one is another crown that Paul talks about, and that is the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing. Others would call it the soul winner's crown. It's for those who are are directing their energies so that others can hear the gospel of Christ. It's a privilege to just be able to tell somebody about Jesus. Mm, yes. And and Paul was really expressing this and we're going to I'm going to give you that scripture 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 when we return after this message. You're listening to The Threshing Floor. The studio lines are now open. You can text your questions to 936-337 1413-936-337-1413. Cutshaw Chevrolet in Grapeland is keeping it simple with some very simple interest. It doesn't get any simpler than 0% financing, and that is exactly what Cutshaw Chevrolet in Grapeland is offering on many of our new 2021 Chevys, including the best-selling 2021 Chevrolet 1500 Silverado Crew Cab. Looking for two-wheel or four-wheel drive? Cutshaw Chevrolet in Grapeland has a great selection to choose from, with new shipments arriving daily. Great selection and 0% financing with approved credit through GM Financial. That's keeping it simple. Visit us at www.cutshawchevrolet.com or call 1-800-CUTSHAW. Cutshaw Chevrolet, keeping it simple every day. Feel the joy. 104.3 Joy FM. You're listening to The Threshing Floor. Now, here is your host, Pastor Jeb Dotson. Well, we are back. This is Pastor Jeb Dotson, and I'm with Pastor Tim Lowry, and we're talking about the different crowns mentioned in the New Testament as Jesus wore a crown of thorns, he enabled us to receive crowns of reward. So we're just doing a study on this. And our next one is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 17. And Paul, again, he's talking, he said, But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Here we see that Paul's talking about this, this crown, and it's, it's a privilege just to be able to be the pastor, be the shepherd who is bringing these people in. You know, he was more the evangelist, I would say. He was church planting, and people were hearing the gospel for the very first time because of his efforts. And he said, this is our hope, our joy. It is a crown of rejoicing. And so if you've ever directed anyone to the Lord, it, you know the, the joy. You know, it's like nothing compares to it because you get the genuine feeling that, wow, God did something. There was yeah. a partnership that took place. I just made myself available. The Holy Spirit gave me the words, and maybe it, it took a long time, uh, maybe weeks, months, and, and then there was this moment of revelation, or maybe it was just in one conversation. But however which way it happened, we just realized that 
this was so much bigger than me. Right. That I was used by God. Yeah. That is an amazing thing. And and that is something that Paul experienced. And he, he said that I'm working towards this crown of rejoicing. And I see him looking towards the day when every tribe, tongue, nation, and people stand around the throne. And he's going to know people. And they're going to be coming up to him saying, hey, there's Paul. Man, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Yeah. And, you know, person after person. And it, it kind of makes us really strive towards that goal is there anyone going to come up to you and say, thank you for telling me about Jesus? Right. Think well, about that. Well, I love what it says uh, at the end of verse 19. It says, is not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. It's like, that is the, how many crowns are going to be there. You are the joy. You are the, the rejoicing crown. And that's, the, you know, when I've gotten the chance to to see somebody come to Christ, it's I don't get this feeling of uh, oh yes, you know I was used by God, yay. It's more of a joy for that person to know that they have this amazing relationship with God. They're going to experience what I've got Absolutely. with God, and that's that's the joy that the, that I think he's talking about. It's there is another joy you're talking about with where we we've we are partners with God. Sure. And, and that, that takes it to another level. It's just, you just get joy on top of joy and it just, it amplifies. And it's, it's knowing that a soul was snatched out of the gates of hell itself. Let me put this into perspective. Another scripture here that it doesn't have to be you doing all the work. It's a lot of times it's a process. Let's listen to this. John four thirty six says, and he that reaps receives wages and gathers fruit into life eternal, that both that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. So the Bible says that when one person comes to know the Lord, there's great rejoicing in heaven. We're going to celebrate the sower and the reaper and the person who comes to know the Lord all at once. You may just be throwing seed out. Somebody else may come behind you and water the seed, and then somebody else may come behind you and it's a it's a great to be a pastor at that point because a lot of times I get to pray the prayer where so many people has laid the seed and watered right. it and I have to realize this is not all this is praying mothers and grandmothers and people at work who's been witnessing and praying for this person and it's just I could be what the closer we'll just call right. it that <laughs> I get to close the deal and and a lot of people think well that you know, this person, this pastor, like the great Billy Graham and all the people that were saved under his great evangelistic ministries, he didn't do that. Um, number one, it was the Holy Spirit who did it. Number two, there was, there was a lot of seed that was sown before that person even got there to that auditorium. Right. There was a lot of watering that took place. Well, and I, I think that's why it's so important that the whole body of Christ is in unity. Because if we're all in unity, if we're all sharing the simple gospel, what God tells us to do, no matter where we are in the world, we're sharing that, that those seeds are consistent seeds. Yes. They're consistent truths so that that person may not respond to the first one or years later, not the second one. But then when they hear it the third or the fourth time and it's the same thing and they're in a totally different part of the country or the part of the county or different church and it's going to resonate and then they're going to finally say, you know what? That is truth. That's, and I need to accept that. And that's then 
It, I mean, it could be the person sitting next to them that brings them to Christ, or Absolutely. they can go up to the altar and do it. It's just, it's the the body of Christ working together to, to snatch people away from the gates of hell and bring them to the knowing, loving, saving grace of Jesus Christ. So those are three crowns. We're going to get to our fourth one now, and this is in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Starting in verse 6, this is what it says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but all those who have longed for his appearing. This is Paul writing a letter to Timothy, his son in the faith, at, at the very end of his life. And he calls it a crown of righteousness. It's for those who have a life that is lived in determination for faith in Christ through all circumstances. Determined life um, all the way up to the end. I've read the scripture several times um, at, at, at funerals, actually. Uh, for those that believe, this is just a great, a great message that talks about, you know, we who are in Christ, we believe in Christ, there are still trials and there's a life to be lived. And, and as Paul said, I pour myself out as a drink offering and now it's now the time's come, but I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And, and that really should be our goal, this life of determination, which he says, working towards the crown of righteousness. When the final trumpet sounds there's no what ifs could haves there's no regrets everything spent every ounce of energy should be spent for the lord and i say that just thinking to myself there's more i can do yeah you know um we are not perfect people and i'm thinking you know there is there something else i can be doing should be doing absolutely there's always just a little bit more and we just need to put it all out there well the thing that i love too it's uh, we talk about that ter- determination. It's a determined faith. It's saying, I, and, and what is faith? Faith is, is um, credited as righteousness. You know, when, when, when you look back at, at the story of Abraham, uh, his faith was credited as righteousness. And that's something that when we have that deep faith and, and that determined faith where when we can't see something, we keep going and saying, "That's I, I believe. I'm sticking to it. I'm fighting that fight all the way till the end, and having that determined faith. That's what we get is that that righteousness, and that it just paints a great picture to say, stay true. Don't let your eyes deceive you. Listen to what God tells you to do, and have the faith that He has your best uh, interest in mind. And even if it means you're going to die, even if it means you're going to lose your life, but it's you." Out of that, somebody was saved for the kingdom. Maybe that's all that it needed. And, and it's like, you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with how God wants to use your life. And so many times we, we want to the control of it. But I look at my life and say, I constantly have to keep giving that control back and say, Lord, you take it. Whatever you need, uh, I just need to serve you. And I have to trust that you have my best interest in mind. There's a saying that I read, 
that says he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Mm. That was said by a famous missionary. His name was Jim Elliott. If you've ever seen the movie End of the Spear, that is a powerful film. Guys, write that down. Please go rent it. Just watch it. It's a story of this missionary who gave up his life trying to reach the native people in South America, and he he ended up being killed by them, and his family continued to minister to that tribe. And he, this is what he said. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He gave himself for these people. These are words of determined faith. It's for those who fought the good fight, living and serving Jesus. Uh, it's, it's not for cowards. It is for people who are very serious and determined. And whatever it takes, we're just going to live for the Lord. And we're, if need be, we're going to die for the Lord. Yeah. There, I think that Paul makes it very clear, too, that there's times where even when, it, when we were looking at that other verse where it said that they wanted to come down and visit and be with these people, yet Satan was deterring them from being able to go. There's times where you can want to do something, that you can want to be engaged, but you got to know that this is a battle. This is not for the, the weak-hearted. This is not for somebody that's just wanting to say, you know, I'm just going to sit on the on the sidelines and, and I'll cheer for you guys. You know, it's, it's no, you put on that full armor of God. You're prepared. You go where where God asks you to go and you battle. And that's that's the reward at the end. It's like when you have fought that fight the whole way and you've not given up, that's when he's saying, this is, this is the crown that I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. I'm just reminded of the story of David, the shepherd boy. If you go back and read that story, there's a giant that's standing in the middle of a field and scaring the entire armies of Israel, scaring them to the point they cannot approach the battlefield. He goes after after he he is determined and he runs into the battlefield, scoops up some stones and runs towards the giant. He's not walking. He's not um, trying to uh, cautiously work his way in. No, he's running towards that giant with what? A sling and some stones. And, Man, and that's hardcore right there. And the confidence. Determination. And the confidence to know that God will deliver him into his hands. You just don't walk in and possess the land. You have to fight for it. You need to be, like Joshua said, be strong and courageous. It's for those who, who, who fight the fight and then finish well. Jesus asked a question in Luke 18, 8, said, When I, the Son of Man, return, how many will I find who have this kind of faith? Mm. You know, I, I That's want... a good question yeah, to ask. <laughs> I, I, I want... I want Jesus to be proud of what I've done, you know, for whatever it's worth. I'm, I'm not doing what I do for, for anybody's approval, not my family, not a church board, not anyone. Just, you know, Christ is the one who's going to determine if I've done well. And so I want him to say, you know what, with the time you've had, with the resources that I provided, you did well. And that's, that, that should be the goal. That is, uh, working to receive that crown of righteousness for living this determined faith. So we're going to go to this final crown, and you'll find that in 1 Peter chapter 5. And this is what it says, starting in verse 1. He said, As a fellow elder... 
This is my appeal to you. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So Peter's talking about what it means to serve, but serve in such a way that you're promoting what I call servant leadership. Right. And you got to go back to what Jesus did as he washed the disciples' feet. He made an example of how we should lead. The crown of glory is for those dedicated to supporting the church through servant leadership. That means just, just serving without any thought of what's in it for me, but we're just just serving because it is as unto the Lord, and we are serving him. The crown of glory is is given to, to anyone who serves willingly, not by compulsion. Everyone who has a role in, in the church is, they're part of a team. Right. It becomes a, a team effort, not a dictatorship, or saying, oh, we'll let the leaders of the church handle this. We'll just sit back and watch. We're supposed to be engaged. But we got one more commercial break, and we will be right back after this message. You're listening to The Threshing Floor. The studio lines are now open. You can text your questions to 936-337-1413. Come and get it. Davy Crockett's Grill is now serving breakfast. Come sink your teeth into a mouthwatering chicken fried steak, two eggs, hash browns, and toast for only $7.75. Or if you're hankering for hotcakes, get two pancakes, two eggs, and your choice of bacon, ham, or sausage for only $6.75. Want some biscuits and gravy? Well, we got that too. Davy Crockett's Grill is located on the corner of Loop 304 and Highway 7 in the city of Crockett. With our new breakfast menu served Wednesday through Saturday from 7 a.m. till 10.30 a.m. Be sure to like us on Facebook to get our latest updates and more amazing deals. Order ahead by calling 936-243-6005. That's 936-243-6005. Davy Crockett's Grill. Comfort you can taste. 104.3 Joy FM. Feel the joy. Feel the joy. You're listening to The Threshing Floor. Now, here is your host, Pastor Jeb Dotson. Well, we are back, and this has just been a great study we've been going through. We're talking about rewards out of thorns, the crown of thorns that was placed upon the head of Jesus. And this is something that we are are going to be celebrating Good Friday we celebrate that because as Jesus approached the cross, he did not turn to the right or to the left. He did not shirk his responsibility. He went straight to the cross. It said that he set his face as flint mm. as he went to Jerusalem. Yeah. He, he did that for you and I. And he received this crown of thorns so that we could receive crowns of rewards. So let me give you all five crowns we talked about. And I'm going to give you scripture references just so you have them. First, we see the crown of life. That's James chapter 1, starting verse 12. Then we have the incorruptible crown, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. 
The third crown that we talked about is the crown of rejoicing. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. And then the fourth crown is the crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. And then this last crown we're talking about, the crown of glory, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 4. So as we end this, the crown of glory is, you know, when Jesus left, he talked about how the church was going to get started. I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's up to us to really uphold the church and serve the church. And and that's what we see that this is about. It's for those who are just serving the church, not just for money, but just because, you know, we are actually, whether we come in, we worship, we give, everything that we do, it facilitates worship to the Lord. It's not about us receiving. It's about like in the Old Testament, the priests would minister to the Lord. We minister to the Lord in so many different ways when we serve. And so that is what this is about. It, it has to be more than what's in it for me. Um, someone may say, you know, I'm not a pastor or I'm, I'm not a leader. This reward cannot be given to me. Let me just say this. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 says, Anyone who welcomes you is welcoming me. Anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. If you welcome a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will receive the same reward as a prophet gets. So that also has to be with just being, um, how do I say this and not hurt anybody's feelings? Um, just be easy to get along with right. each other. There's right. some people in a the church, they dig their feet in. I don't like the color of that paint. I'm going to quit this church. I don't like the carpet. I don't like the one. I don't like the way this youth department's being run or the way the nursery, you know, we can go on and on and on with, you know, and some complaints are valid, but there's a way to voice the complaint or concern without just, just trying to always just drag things down. Right. Here's just as a pastor, this is what I like to see. If there is something that can be changed, instead of just complaining about it, come with the solution the, or the, yeah, idea. the, the complaint yeah. the idea and then the, you're right the solution and that way we can work through these things and that's right. why what i like was called a uh, meetings so like mm-hmm. leadership meeting get your team yeah. around and let's bounce ideas off of each yeah. other how can we make things better absolutely well you know we're talking about these crowns and i just want to tell the people that maybe there's people out there that don't feel like they're worthy to receive those crowns and i just want to go back to this you know this week that's leading up to good friday it's the passover week and it's talks about what the, you know, in, in Israel, in Egypt, when, uh, the, the spirit of death came over, right? Well, the, the, the spirit was going through, you know, and he had to put the blood over the doorposts and over, over the top. The, the spirit did not look inside that house to see if those people were worthy. That's good. It was looking for the blood, and that blood was worthy if it was on the crown. Well, Jesus' blood is worthy for you to receive these crowns. If yes. you accept Christ and you accept him, you automatically will be worthy to accept this. And so the way God sees us is what you're telling me, and I, I love what you just brought this up. He does not see all my faults if if I am covered, my spirit is covered in the blood of Christ. He sees me as I am in potential of what I can be in Christ. Man, that's awesome. So the crowns are goals 
for us. This is things for us to shoot for. Nobody's going to get it perfect, but if we say, this is how I want to live my life, I'm going to do the best I possibly can, then it is possible, not, not by our own strength, but through Jesus who died on the cross, he gives us the strength to do it. And he sees the potential of what you can be through him. And he sees his son's righteousness radiating in and through you. And when you have that power, that confidence, then it makes it easy to go to others and share that and achieve those goals. Here's the thing. We don't want our lives to be a waste. We don't want to just scrape our way into heaven. We want to live full and die empty. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Join us next week here on The Threshing Floor. You've been listening to The Threshing Floor with Pastor Jeb Dotson. The Threshing Floor is a ministry of LifePoint Church. We would love to hear from you. You can mail your questions and comments to The Threshing Floor, P.O. Box 387, Crockett, Texas, 75835. That's The Threshing Floor. P.O. Box 387, Crockett, Texas, 75835. Until next time, may the love of God richly bless and strengthen you.